We are I. Good morning, everybody. 4.49 a.m. on this Wednesday morning. What is it? The 12th today? 13th. Man, I can't believe how fast this year is just flying by and this summer is going along with it. And I just hope this nice weather stays for a long time yet. So, today, today marks a day that nine years ago will forever stick in my mind. Nine years ago today will ever solidify three other people, you know, a, a passageway into the depths of my most greatest memories. And then they will hold a chapter in that area. Nine years ago today represents a challenge that a lot of people thought that I couldn't do or that thought was ridiculous. And then I not only did it myself, but I brought three warriors along with me. One other man, two women. I remember little over nine years ago. I think it was at the in January, February, nine years ago. So nine and a half years ago or so. I thought I want to do something extraordinary for my 30th birthday. You know, but what can that be? You know, I'm not a huge person into partying or you know Vegas isn't appealing to me you know none of these things I'm not a huge possessions guy you know but I want to do something because adventure runs thick and deep in my veins and thick and deep in my soul you know so I knew it had to be something so you know I start looking on the internet and I find something incredible I don't know what made me get there I don't know what made me want to run it I don't know any of those things, but the one thing that I do know is that I organically found the West Coast Trail, and as soon as I found it, I said, I'm going to run that. So then I started telling people, like, hey, you know, like, I'm going to run the West Coast Trail, not knowing very much about it, and I immediately started getting pushback from almost everybody that I told. So I start, you know, researching in the running community, like, you know, how long does it take to train to run, you know, about a, you know, 100K, 90K? You know, a lot of, a lot of people in the running community, severe pushback. Oh, you'll never be ready in, you know, six months. Never. You can't. Like, it it's, takes years to be able to run that long. I'm like, no, it doesn't. Not at all. I'm not a runner, but I have a very determined mind, which makes my body very strong. So once I started getting pushback in all these running forums about how there's no way that I would ever be able to, you know, to be able to do this, like there's just not enough time to prepare. I challenged myself and I said, hey, you know what, out of spite, out of sheer spite to show and to prove defeatist attitudes are for the weak. I'm not going to run one kilometer preparing for this. I have the ability in my mind, I have the ability in my body. I do not need to prepare. I'm going to prepare in my own way. So what did I do? 
I went on the Stairmaster because I knew it was all about the lags. And I knew there's all about the elevation. I just needed endurance to the legs. I need to be able to push the legs. I need to be able to push the mind because it's really hard to stay on an elliptic or a, a stairmaster. So I would do hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of floors. I would stay on that stairmaster for hours. But I knew in my mind I'm never going to run not even one kilometer. So I'd stay on that. My goal, you know, get a hundred floors. You know, then it came to two hundred floors. Then it's three hundred floors. Then it's four hundred floors. I got this. Kept all my training the same. And I thought, you know what? If I can work an 18-hour day, I can run and walk an 18-hour day. So I broke it down the amount of kilometers that it is. And even that if you walked at a decent pace the entire time, I think I worked it out to be that it would just be between 18 and 20 hours. Even if you just walked. The basic human function, like you should be able to walk. Like, yes, that's a long day. Yes, that's a lot. You know, but we should be able to walk. At one point in time, especially when you're in your 30s, when you feel like you're in decent shape, you should be able to challenge yourself to be able to walk for an extended period of time. I want to tap into my organic primal roots of being a transient nomad. You know, not not wanderlust out of curiosity, but wanderlust out of necessity. You know, that's that's where I was. So I started asking people because I have this vast network of absolute warriors in my life saying, hey, are you up for this? Is this something that you want to try? You know, and three people answered that call. I said two women and another man. And I said, this is the date we're going to be there. You guys train on your own, do your own thing. The one thing that I want you to know is I'm doing this for my birthday. I'd love for you guys to be a part of the experience, but I'm doing this because people said at 30, you know, you can't do things like this anymore. And that's not me. At 30, I'm going to just start doing things like this. It's not going to be the the end of my amazing journey of awesome stuff. No, no, this is just the beginning. So they did all their own training, all of it on their own, which is absolutely incredible. You know, seeing people, you know, running with weighted vests on just like myself. You know, seeing people waking up early in the morning, waking up in the middle of the night. I would I would wake up in the middle of the night and row thousands of meters just because I knew I had to do this when I was tired. You know, I would train with a full stomach. I would eat a great big meal and I would go work out because if I had stomach issues, you know, for maybe you know, eating a little bit too much or just nervous. I'm like, I wanted to be able to power through that. I didn't want it to be an issue. You know, and then the day comes when we start that trek, that journey, and we all meet over there. We all meet in Port Renfrew, getting these little cabins and, you know, getting ready. First time that I ever really wanted to, you know, change out of my toe shoes, I just started wearing my five-finger toe shoes. And I thought, I'm like, this is the one thing that I should do. I haven't ran in these shoes at all. I've done everything else, trained in no shoes, you know, trained with my five toe shoes on, you know, all that kind of stuff. But I'm like, I haven't ran a long distance. I should wear, you know, just normal shoes. Okay. I should really roll up my legs so they're they're nice and loose. Okay. Okay. So we're all trying to figure out what time we can get on this trail because you know, when you start in Port Renfrew, you actually have to cross you know, a fairly substantial 
body of water, something that I don't even want to try to swim because this river is flowing out into the ocean and the ocean is right there. You can see the ocean, you can see the river and we have all of our gear on. And is this how we're going to start is struggling to try to swim and, you know, somebody dies from the very beginning. You know, so the other guy, he's like, let me figure this out. So he finds the local Coast Guard, which happens to be the <laughs> the local Indian band there. And we pay 100 bucks each for him to take us across at 3.30 in the morning. So we all retire back to our little cabins and say, you know, like, get a good sleep. You're going to need it. You know, so I roll out my legs again, you know, like one last time, making sure they're nice and loose. Obviously, don't sleep a wink. Should have just started it as soon as we told the Coast Guard that we wanted to go and that he would he would take us across for a fee. We should have just started it right then. We all agreed to that after the fact. So we wake up in the morning and sitting there eating my my bowl of oatmeal to be able to get some carbs in me, get a fuel source. I'm sitting there thinking, man, my legs feel great, nice and loose. These shoes on, feet feel tight in them, though. I'm not used to wearing these kind of shoes anymore. And we all meet outside and we start the trek down. And you can tell the nervous energy in the air of all the people, you know, that are around us now. And we hop onto this, this Coast Guard boat. And he says, you know, like, I'm not going to turn the lights on because, you know, we're not supposed to be doing what we're doing. So I need you guys to lay out on the front of the boat and kind of guide me over there. I, I need to know when we're getting close to shore. So what a great way to start a, a run like this, something that is, you know, so extreme and something that's extravagant and just ripe with opportunity and success and failure that you started off like a, like a Navy SEAL or a commando. You know, it's the dead of night, you're laying on a boat, you know, it's a, a Coast Guard boat, so it has that, that sex appeal to it. Laying down on this boat, you're going across, you're nice and close to the water, you smell the coolness of the breeze, the engines cut off about you know, 40, 50 feet from shore and you just glide right on in. You know, you're giving hand signals to the guy so he can, you know, make sure that he doesn't hit any of the rocks that are coming up. And you just coast right up onto the shore and you see a tent there with some people sleeping in it, waiting for the next day when the boat comes to take them across at 8 a.m., the one that we didn't want to take. You know, we... We hop off this boat and we get onto shore and we sneak past this. And I think in my mind, you know, this is this is just like what it feels like to be a, a commando, a Navy SEAL. Like these people don't even know that we're here. And the boat slowly drifts off. And now we're committed. We're there. 80, 90 kilometers to go to the finish line. Gotta get to that halfway point, you know, by by one o'clock or two o'clock in the afternoon, so there's a ferry that goes across and they shut it down. So there you go. That's the that's the first milestone that you have to you have to get to that halfway point. You know, you don't have a choice. And then that you're sleeping over the night and nobody has gear. You're committed. After that, you can walk the rest of the way. It doesn't matter what time you get to the finish because you know what? You're it, you're committed and it doesn't matter. You can get there. It doesn't matter how long it takes to finish because when you get to the end, there's a there's a hotel room there waiting for you. So we start on this run and you know, everybody's kind of staying together because it's still dark, headlamps on, kind of trekking through the forest. Now all of a sudden the daybreak starts to come and starts to light up the trail and 
you know, I turn back to my fellow comrades in this adventure and say, this is it. You know, everybody, everybody's on their own now. So I trek forward and I start running and, you know, quickly kind of leave everybody feeling a little bit of guilt, but having to remind myself, this is, this is what I talked about at the beginning. Like this is an individual journey for all of us. This is a quest for all of us. You know, I get about 15 kilometers in and I realized that, you know, I just, I rolled out my legs too much. They, they were starting to cramp, not for any other reason, except for I, I've been here before when I've rolled out my legs too much. Hamstring starts to cramp. Calves start to cramp. Oh shit, here's a bridge. Have to climb up this ladder, get across this bridge and oh wait, it's not a bridge, it's a trolley car. It's a hand feed system. So you sit in this little cable car and you sit down in it and you grab the cable and you feed yourself across the other side. And, you know, when you're going down, you damn well better gain some speed because, you know, to be able to pull yourself back up on the upslope, you know, you need some upper body strength. And I slowly realized that this isn't just a run. This is the world's biggest obstacle course. And I knew this going in from the books that I've read. You know, from the sand that eats your ankles to the boulders, to the shale rock, to the pathways, to the cable cars, to the rivers, to the tide. There's so many obstacles that you have to overcome. Never mind getting to the ferry at the halfway point. Seeing this cable car starting to go up the slope and you're squeezing, you're keeping your body tight, keep your body engaged. And then my, my hamstrings and my calves on both sides just cramp right up. I can't even get out of the cable car when I get to the top. And I limp my way out and I'm laying there and I realize that I might even have to admit defeat within the first 20K. So I stretch and I stretch and I'm trying to stay out of that bad place in my mind, the mind that, or the place that makes you want to just, just quit and just give up. And I say, no, I get them loose enough that I can walk. So I start to walk and I don't let my mind go there. And it's, it's wanting to be able to slip into that dark place really fast. But I say, no, you got to put one foot forward, one foot forward. I'm reading my map and I'm seeing where I'm at. Okay, still making good time. Still, you know, putting kilometers behind you. Down ladders, hundreds of feet. Up ladders, hundreds of feet. Down ladders, hundreds of feet. Passing people, you know, waving, saying hi, you know, just trekking down. Seeing these beautiful ocean views as you go through. Smelling the beautiful air. Down yet another ladder system, up yet another ladder system, across another cable car, across a suspension bridge. Beautiful, beautiful scenery. I'm getting to the halfway point. I'm almost there. All of a sudden, I realize I'm still like 15K away, 10K away from the halfway point because it's just over halfway. It's not exactly halfway. It's almost, you know, 50 kilometers into this, this run. And it broke me. The second major struggle, I'm laying down on the ground, legs feeling relatively okay, feeling completely broken that I misgaged where I was. I'm laying there just a puddle of shit, wondering how I'm going to go on, just feeling completely emotionally distraught and broken as a human. And then I hear somebody coming, fuck, I can't lay down like this. I can't be here on the, on the ground broken like this, exhausted, you know, fighting all these mental battles already, going through the, the highs and lows of becoming 30 years old, the highs and lows of, you know, running something like this, the beautiful sights, the, you know, like the, the challenging aspects of the mind and just being too caught up in that moment. And then I realized it was Candace. 
So I'm walking along and she comes running up behind me and I explain to her like what's going on and we power through and you know we're about 10k away. It turns out to that halfway point we get to that ferry and there's a bunch of people there and I realize I just need something like two or three $10 Snickers bars later, a couple Powerades, and I feel juiced up and ready to go. She informs me that one of the other women that um, that joined us had to get rescued off because she couldn't make it anymore. It just broke her. And then I realized it's real, all those moments and those those demons that I was fighting, like they've actually broke one of our comrades already. And she had to get rescued off and, you know, taken back to Port Renfrew. Okay, now it's real. Then she tells me that she was crossing the suspension bridge and was enjoying the view of the river, the raging river below, and took a step and broke through one of the floorboards and fell through and was laying there. And if it didn't get her arms out parallel or perpendicular to the body, she would have fell through the suspension bridge 30, 40 feet down into the water. She almost died. And I was like, wow, I'm like, this is... This is real. Everybody's fighting these challenges too. It's not just me. And this is what I mean. Like you have one person who got faced with these challenges and then broke. You have another person who's faced with these challenges and decided to keep on forging forward. I'm like, this is you. This is just like you. You can keep on going. You can keep on fighting through this. And this person is caught up with you for a reason. So I asked her what happened to the other gentleman that was with us. And she said she hadn't seen him in a while. But he was doing good. And we're trekking along, trekking along, a little bit of running, a little bit of walking. A lot of the sections that you think that you can run, you can't. A lot of the sections that you didn't think that you'd be able to run, you can. Again, up more ladders, more down more ladders, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of feet. You know, navigating your way through, wondering whether or not you're taking the right way. Self-explanatory, but not. Getting caught up again in those beautiful views because, again, you're along the the... Pacific Ocean as far west as you can go and knowing there's hundreds of years of the most ripe history, you know, in this place from, you know, and if you don't know, the West Coast Trail was forged by shipwrecks, you know, and these these sailors trying to make their way down to Port Renfrew. That's how this trail was created in the first place. So there's there's full, it's full of adventure. You know, it's full of atrocity, it's full of victory, it's full of challenge. And this is what we embarked on. About three quarters of the way to the finish line now. And the, the gentleman that was with us, he caught up with us. And what a great way to finish that we all finished together. You know, we run some, we walk some. Everybody's begged, everybody's turned. Everybody just wants to get to that finish line because it's been a long day. It's about 30 degrees. Beautiful day, but hot. Some mosquitoes. You know, it turns out that this gentleman tells us that, you know, he fractured his ankle, he thinks, but he's been running the whole time. And I was like, fuck, these are my people. Yeah, one person almost fell through a suspension bridge, another person who fractured their ankle, and they're still forging forward right now. These are your people. And this is where you belong, right here, right now. So we get close to the end and we realize that this is it. This is it, we've done it. The adrenaline surging so high and you realize you give a high five and you continue on and we all say, well, there's an extra section we can do that's another 30, 40K. Do we want to just do that? And again, stupidity and adrenaline will do great things for you. They also do terrible things for you as well. So we make the decision just to just to go to our hotel room. And we're laying there 
Again, everybody getting ready. Everybody wanting to get in the showers. Everybody just wanting to get somewhere and get something to eat. And as I'm sitting there in the chair and one person's laying in a bed, another person's in the shower, looking at it like that, finding your people, finding the people who bring out that person in you that that everybody else doesn't value, that person in you that everybody else says is crazy. Like that's a, that's a great feeling is just knowing that you have people like that in your life. There's so much more to the story and so much to this adventure that I could talk about it for hours and it would even do it justice. Because I sit back here and reflect and stumble through my words because all the images and the memories just keep flowing through my mind and it, it makes me stop. It makes me pause and I just can't help but feeling internally grateful that I have memories like this in my mind and my heart and people like this in my life to this day. What an incredible feeling. So my question of the day is, if you haven't started these memories yet, these feelings in your mind and your body, when are you going to?